Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. And it's the process, it's the journey that Jesus came for to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. I want to read some verses out of Romans 8, which is probably not a common passage to read on a Good Friday, but you'll see why in a moment. Romans 8, 28 on says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good, for we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His designed purpose. That's good news. No matter where we are, He's working it for good. For He knew all about us before we were born, and He destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of His Son. This means the Son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like Him. Wow. Hebrews 2 says that Jesus was not ashamed to call us His brothers and sisters. That is an amazing miracle. By coming and walking in human flesh, dying and rising again, He called us to be his sons and daughters, his brothers and sisters. We're joint heirs. That still stretches my capacity to understand that. Then it goes on and says in verse 8, Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. So what does all this mean? That's a good question. If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved His love by giving us His greatest treasure, the gift of His Son. Wow, He's proved His love by giving the best to pay the price. And since God freely offered Him up as the sacrifice for us all, He certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Folks, that is a great promise. The enemy would lie to us and say that God's forgotten you or you haven't been good enough, you haven't prayed enough, you haven't uh, done whatever. But the Word of God says because God gave his treasured possession of Jesus, his Son, how much more will he freely give us all things that we need for life and godliness? Wow, so at this point, Easter time, we can say, thank you, God, for, for, for rain, for health, for fresh air, for, for family, for the family of God, for this beautiful nation, for all the treasures and gifts he gives us in creation. Lord, you are so good. It goes on and says, who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued the final verdict over them. Not guilty. Hallelujah. Not guilty. If I had a big gavel here, I'd bang it on here, but I'd probably break this uh, plastic pulpit. Not guilty. God declares over us because of what Jesus did on the cross. Wow. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. Do you hear that? He gave his life. He wasn't killed by the Roman soldiers. He gave his life. They were part of the story, 
The religious leaders didn't kill him. He gave his life. He could have called 10,000 angels any time along that journey. And he showed his power when they came to arrest him. And uh, they said, are you Jesus? He said, yes. And it says they all fell down under the power of God right then. That's an amazing story. People say, why do we fall down? Well, there's a sign. You can't stand in the presence of God sometimes. You're on your face or your knees or your back, surrendering to the almighty power of Jesus. It goes on. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? I love that. Whenever we're going through a tough time, remember Jesus is praying for you, interceding for us. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. The Apostle Paul's running out of words here. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. That's good news our nation needs right now, that God loves us unconditionally. Troubles, pressures and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. Wow. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. I love that. They are impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written all day long, we face death threats for your sake. God, we are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Some of you have seen... uh, that uh, similar Hillsong used a lot, cross equals love. And that's the truth, that the cross equals demonstrated love so humanity can have freedom. So now, I live with the confidence there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Boy, we need to know that and we need to declare that to our community. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death Life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Wow, we need to give God praise for that. That is a powerful, powerful summary of the gospel. His unconditional love. Maybe you're feeling distant from God today. Hey, you can just step in because Jesus has opened the door. He's made a way. So in this passage, we see three key things I just want to focus on today. We see Jesus' sacrifice. He laid down his life for us. He wasn't killed by the Roman guards or Judas' betrayal or the jealousy of the religious leaders. He laid down his life for us because of love. Romans 8.32 there says, For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. Wow. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Wow. So whatever challenge you're facing, or your family, or our community, I want to say the truth is that God has more than enough. 
He's demonstrated it. There's more than enough of healing or strength or peace or courage or hope for whatever that we need. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There it is again. He gave himself. Love will always give. Selfishness takes. Jealousy tries to destroy. But love always gives. It gives kindness, forgiveness, care, support, understanding, resources. Love will always, always give. And that's what Jesus has done. The, the Passion Version of Galatians 2.20 says, My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. We did the water baptism just a couple of weeks ago and 11 people were baptized. And it was symbolic of the old nature being buried in the ocean, our sins nailed on the cross with Jesus, and then we walk away in new life. New life. It goes on and says, And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Wow. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, then Christ would have died for nothing. We've got a great message of hope for our community. The cross equals love. His blood cleanses us from all sin. What shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing and no one. It's our choice. All you need to do is come to him today and he will pour out his love and grace into our life. So we see that Good Friday is about the sacrifice of Jesus. He willingly gave his life so that we could live and that is a great example for us to willingly give our lives to one another to love to sacrifice and uh, in today's modern world often it's about me and my opinions and my preferences and and I want it my way but when you come to Christ you lay down your life and now you choose to do it his way, which is always love and care and kindness and giving and sacrifice and courage to go on. The second thing we see is, in this passage, is Jesus' amazing love. So we see, we see the sacrifice he laid down. The second thing is his amazing love. Verse 37 in Romans 8 in the Amplified says, Yet... In all these things we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced. It's one thing to be convinced, but to continue to be convinced when you're not around the friends that are pumping you up and stirring you up or you're not here at church, but you're with people at work who maybe don't believe in Jesus, says I'm convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, 
and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you, but sometimes our love runs out. Some of you as parents, you've got these beautiful kids, but they will push you to the limit. And one day, or about 5.30 in the afternoon, when everyone's getting hungry and tired, you've run out of love. And you have to say, God, just help me keep my mouth closed so I don't say something that's not appropriate. We all run out of human love sometimes. Our love tank runs dry. But the good news is God's tank is always overflowing. And if you just tap into His resource... To fill up your heart and love, life goes a lot smoother in our families, our marriages, our community, our workplaces, our neighborhoods. God, your love is unlimited. It reminds me of the well-known verse, John 3.16. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the love that he loved us so much that he gave his son who willingly laid down his life. That is the gospel. And that's the sort of life that God wants us to live. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, let's love our community. Let's love our families. Let's love one another with a love that's beyond our human love. Let's care for one another. Because as we do that, let me tell you, our nation changes. Our city changes, our community, our families, our workplace changes. Here's one for the guys, the husbands. Ephesians 5.25 says, And to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love to your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride, for he died for us, sacrificing himself. All the husbands... You're listening? Pull that mask away from your ears. You need to listen to this. It's meant to be over your face, not over your ears. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives sacrificially, unconditionally. And because God has created a well of love in men and women expressed in different ways to love one another. Children, honor and love your parents. God has it there for all of our lives to love. Mark 15, 25. We'll just look at a little bit more of the crucifixion story. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they finally crucified him. He'd been up all night with the mock trials and, and taken from here. He was beaten, crown of thorns on his head. He was mocked and spat upon and whipped Above his head, they placed a sign with the inscription of the charge against him, which read, This is the King of the Jews. Two criminals were also crucified with Jesus, one on each side of him. This fulfilled the scripture that says he was considered to be a criminal. That's one of the hardest things when you are accused of things you know you haven't done. It is so difficult. Betrayal. And false accusation are two of the most difficult things for human beings to cope with and handle. And Jesus had that thrown at him in truckloads. But he still said on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. Wow, that takes unconditional love. 
It goes on and says, Those who passed by shook their heads and spitefully ridiculed him, saying, Aha, you boast that you could destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. He never ever did that. He said, Others will pull down the temple, which happened uh, a few uh, decades later. Why don't you save yourself now? Just come down from the cross. Even the ruling priests and the religious scholars joined in the mockery and kept laughing among themselves saying, he saved others, but he can't even save himself. Jesus' humanity could have said, hey guys, I could jump off this cross and save myself. But he kept quiet because he had to fulfill the Father's will. There are some times you've got to keep your mouth closed and demonstrate love. Other times, you need to open it up, and Jesus did and said, Father, forgive them. He spoke words of life. When you're under pressure, you've got to weigh your words more carefully. Israel's king is he? Let the Messiah, the king of Israel, pull out the nails and come down from the cross right now. We'll believe it when we see it. Wow. Even the two criminals who were crucified with Jesus, began to taunt him, hurling insults on him. One of the other versions, I think it, it appears the two criminals initially hurled insults, but after watching Jesus suffer and how he forgave, towards the end, one of the other criminals said, hey, remember me. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So I think one of them in six hours on the cross changed from a mocker and following the crowd to out of desperation saying, Jesus, remember me. Sometimes we start off not understanding where God fits in the picture. Many of us, before we came to Christ, we just ignored it or mocked it or pushed it aside or didn't believe. But when we truly encounter the love of Jesus and we see his love demonstrated through other people and we read the Gospels and hear the story, then many of us move from one of those criminals from a mocker to a believer in six hours of watching Jesus and how he handled the greatest suffering possible to man. Wow. Maybe you're still on that journey today. I encourage you to step over the line and say, Jesus, forgive me, I believe. It's not about religion. This is about powerful truth. The third and last thing that we see Jesus do on that cross is in... John 19, 28 says, Later knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. Now he would have been in pain. He cried it out. It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He laid down his life. Wow. I love that. Matthew 27, 50. Matthew describes it this way. Jesus passionately cried out. This was clearly when he cried out, it is finished, recorded in John's gospel. He cried out, it is finished took his last breath and gave up his spirit. At that moment, the veil in the Holy of Holies was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook violently. 
Rocks were violently split apart and graves were opened. Then many of the holy ones who had died were brought back to life and came out of their graves. Wow, what a, what a climactic event. This is the most climactic moment in all of history. And when Jesus rose again three days later, the two most dramatic times of all history. And after Jesus' resurrection, they were seen by many people walking in Jerusalem. Wow, that, that's a bit freaky, isn't it? Kids went down the street to play and came home. Mum said, what did you do today? Well, we went down to play the park, but we had a chat with Noah and Abraham and Moses. You won't believe the stories they told us. That's what would have happened. Incredible. And people say, oh, this is just a fairy tale. It's not true. There is more documented evidence of Jesus walking on the earth and his death and resurrection than just about every other historical figure that we read about and study in our history classes. It's a choice whether you're going to believe or not. And then it goes on. Now when the Roman military officer and the soldiers witnessed what was happening and felt the powerful earthquake, they were extremely terrified. I can imagine that. They said, there is no doubt this man was the Son of God. Even the Roman soldiers who were cruel, trained soldiers, inflicted suffering on so many people. After watching Jesus six hours on the cross and then all these miraculous things that happened in the end, they said, this, this Jesus, he has to be the Son of God. Has to be. Wow. And don't forget there was three hours of darkness came onto the earth from 12 to 3, the middle of the day. There were so many supernatural events that showed that Jesus could do the supernatural of forgiving all of our sin from then and through eternity. Wow. So what was finished? In a moment we're going to take communion to take a few minutes to reflect. What was finished? His pain and suffering during the trial and crucifixion was over. What else was finished? The full price for all of our sins was paid. Paid in full. I don't know if you've ever had the, the joy of paying off a, a car loan or a, or a housing mortgage and they pull out the big stamp. Paid in full. Isn't that a great day of celebration? No more debt. Yahoo. Some of you are saying, oh, I wish that had happened right now. Well, it will if you're faithfully... Keep walking, step by step. But our sins are paid in full. And how crazy are we to disbelieve paid in full and we keep bringing them up and we keep saying, oh, well, I'm just a bad person. She said, no, no, you're a, he's given you his righteousness. So why do you keep trying to erase the paid in full stamp? Because that's what Jesus has done. So today, I want you to leave this service today knowing my sins have been paid in full if you've asked him to forgive you and cleanse you. That's really, really good. What else is finished? The old covenant with all of its animal sacrifice and laws was no longer required. There was many other things. The curtain was torn in two. This is so powerful. Mankind no longer separated from God. The no entry sign was pulled down and thrown out. Hallelujah. Some of you say, oh, I don't feel good enough to come to God today. Jesus already dealt with that. The no entry signs 
cast away by his death and resurrection, his shed blood, you can now come into his presence anytime, anywhere, personally, through prayer, through worship, through surrender of your heart. You can do it corporately. You can do it with your family. We can do it anytime because the no entry sign has been destroyed, erased, removed. Wow. Every Christian can now live in the presence of God every day. There is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Wow. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Woo! Maybe you're feeling like it's Friday and there's tough times and there's difficulty or suffering, but let me tell you, it's Friday, but Sunday's always coming. Suffering does happen. Disappointments happen. Old age creeps up on us. Difficulties happen. But let me tell you, if you keep focused on Jesus, before long your eyes will see what happened on the cross and you will then look to the resurrection power which we celebrate on Easter Sunday. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Baysidechristianchurch.com.